This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So on Monday, we get hit with a double banger, a double bagger about Mac Jones. First, there's a piece at MassLive.com from Mark Daniels. And boy, my first takeaway in general was between the piece put together by Andrew Callahan and Doug Kide, and now Mark Daniels, at, uh, that was at the Herald and this was at MassLive.com. Uh, there sure were an awful lot of people on the Patriots. Like we spoke to multiple Patriot sources. They're sure either it's the same people over and over again, or there were a lot of people that were super uncomfortable and were dying to get some tales of this dysfunctional season off their chest, which is kind of how I like to sort of like view or frame this. But there was the Mark Daniels piece at mass live detailing the three year downfall of Mac Jones going from savior to pariah in Foxborough and Pat's nation. Uh, how the relationship with he and Belichick fell apart and what could have been and what ultimately came to be. And then there's a podcast, Tommy Kern's Patriots Talk podcast. He speaks with Joe Dickinson, the longtime QB coach of Mac Jones. I, I got to tell you, I had never heard of this guy before, but interesting how he just sort of like emerges from the woodwork or obscurity just in time to share some tales uh, of what he went through with Mac Jones and what he ultimately wanted. Um, my, I think the thing that caught me off guard the most was actually on the pod, Curran speaking with Dickinson, and that Mac Jones is QB coach. You know, he went through the tough coaching in high school. He got coached up by Saban. He and Belichick were good after the first year. McDaniels can be notoriously difficult on people. That after McDaniels left and went to Vegas, Joe Dickinson told Mac Jones and his agent, ask for a trade. You need to get out of here. So is that where I, I didn't you buy that? I mean, I do buy it depending on the time. If it was after it became clear that Patricia and Judge were running the offense late spring, somewhere in there, then mm -hmm. yes. Because I think you and I joked about it. I would ask for a trade. I mean, it was a it was an experiment, as Robert Kraft called. Don't don't effing experiment with my life, my career. As I continue to say, they submarined a two hundred fifty million dollar contract for Mac Jones. They he was on track, on course for a quarter of a billion dollars. And now he is toxic, damaged goods. I don't even know how you'd describe him, but he sure as shoot ain't getting $250 million. No, he's not a franchise quarterback. What he is no. now, sadly, is a reclamation project. Which, and you know, he can paint to Baker Mayfield and others, Jared Goff. Like, you can still pull your bootstraps on or whatever if people still have boots with straps and no one does. I don't know why you yeah, do. Yeah, do. I, I thought we all have like those shoes like Kizik's or Skechers where you can just like step right in yeah, and you don't have to lace them up. So yeah, slide yeah. your comfortable walkers on and go find <laughs> another place to be successful. But no, I do. 
I'm assuming the timing was after this guy, Joe Dickinson, who's an older dude, which I liked that too, as he brings age into it later, talking about how Belichick and the relationship and all that. Right. But if I'm guessing it was when it became evident, holy crap, they're going to, they're going to make a special teams coach, your personal coach and a defensive coach, the play caller, you're porked, get the hell out of there. That place is a poop show. That place is a disaster waiting to happen. And you're going to be at the center of the disaster. You're going to fall. You, one of your strongest takes of 2022, which I know you caught an absolute ha- like hailstorm, a maelstrom of what else is new? anger. I know. What else? Right. Uh, it, it, rinse, rise, repeat, grind, and Andy takes crap from people on Twix and then argues with him while he's waiting in line for a pizza on a Friday night. Nothing um, better. <laughs> one, of your, <laughs> one of your strongest takes last year was, and you defended it to the hilt. I appreciate I, I I'll say I, I admire this. I you stuck to your proverbial gun there, guy. You said if Bill Belichick, if Bill Belichick was waiting for, for Bill O'Brien to become available and thought, oh, I know, I'll just I'll just put in my buddy Matt Patricia because he can be a placeholder offensive coordinator, or if he really thought that he was the best option available, that that was a fireable offense. Yeah. To which people took such offense and umbrage. My God, screw you, Hart. What is the vendetta? What did Belichick ever do to you? Yeah, what did he do to you? I yeah, and ultimately, like, as we're, com- as we're coming to see, this really may have been the worst decision in Patriots history, Belichick's coaching career, and in the young career of Mac Jones. Like, the, da- like the, the, the fallout from the Patricia coordinator debacle continues to trickle through Pat's nation. Yes, and so Alex Hay chimes in, says Bill broke Mac, then used Mac as a scapegoat for his own failures. I think he may have attempted to do that, but I will say when I said it was a fireball offense, I didn't know it might end Bill's career, which is the next step in that because he doesn't have a job. (laughs) Although we do have Schefter throwing out, huh? you know, people think that those two jobs are going to go to uh, Dan Quinn in Seattle and and Ben Johnson in Washington. I wouldn't bet on it. At least one of them I don't think will be the way you think it's going to be. And Belichick's still out there, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Mm -hmm. But I'd also say I do think we have a little bit of a um, revisionist history tour going on. Mac stinks. Ah. Mac has stunk for two years. Mac has been part of the problem, not part of the solution. I don't know the blame pie. We don't have time for that today. That's a talk radio four-hour, you know, Adam Jones masterpiece. But Mac has not been good. Mac had tried to do too much, which – Weirdly, well, where does that come from, though? Because there was no great being quarter- a bad like- quarterback being a bad because Bill O'Brien was telling him, Listen, he if you believe Mark Daniels, mm-hmm. and I believe Mark Daniels, I think he reports what is told to him, so the source could lie, but the source is real. Mm-hmm. If you believe Mark Daniels, Bill O'Brien at some point this year even said, Listen, I know it's a poop show around you, you just control you, you do what's right, and if it doesn't succeed. That's on others. That's on me. That's on the line. That, But you do what – and he couldn't do that. He couldn't just do what was right. He tried to do too much. We saw that. We said it live at right. the time. Yeah. Like we, we said, said it live at 50 times sources. this year. We didn't We didn't need sources. He tried to do too much. Um, but part of that is Mac. Part of this is on Mac. He also – I'm sorry. He's rubbed enough people the wrong way. He's a yeah. dick. He's a dink. Behind the scenes, he can be a dink. He rubbed Belichick the wrong way. And as much as that's on Bill, and I blame Bill, Mac has a role in that. Like, you get to choose how you manipulate relationships with others. Even if they're tough to get along with, even if whatever, you choose whether you make the issue worse 
or you do things to make the the relationship better. And I don't think Mac did anything to make the relationship better along the way. And, you know, Tom Curran was on this the middle of last, not this past season, the season before that. His quote, and I actually asked him, I did the interview live myself on our station. Mm -hmm. I asked him to clarify it just to make sure he was saying what he wanted to say. Mac Jones made an enemy of the head coach. I remember it distinctly. And I think he was right. I think he made an enemy of the head coach. Now they had their ebbs and flows and maybe they tried to repair the relationship and not hate each other, whatever. But well, I think it, went, it was done. It went so well that by the time that Bill Belichick, according to Mark Daniels, benched Mac Jones this year and the, the guy needed a benching, whether or not you want to talk about what you consider the worst NFL pass you ever saw thrown, which was the oh, oh, oh. interception in Germany. Stinger. He had a stinger that nobody knew about. That was embarrassing. That's embarrassing. If you have a something so bad that you're going to blame the pass on it, then people should know about it. And if no one knows about it, or, or go to the bench. To if you ball. can't feel your effing right oh. arm and you're a right-handed quarterback, sit down. That was BS. That was absolute BS. That was excuse making at its best right there. And I don't know who did it, why did it, anything. And I'm not yelling at Mark Daniels for reporting it. If people tell you something, then write it. I, I have no problem. Yeah. But that's excuse making at its worst. You can stay, take your stinger and shove it up your ass. That was a horrific throw. It was it. Well, it was I a thrown that ball left handed and made a better throw. Andy, that to me, to me, that pass and that whole sequence right there is the downfall of Mac Jones in like just like, you know, like, hey, Siri, show me the downfall of Mac Jones in one play from his three years with the Patriots. It's that play because he's got happy feet. He's falling backwards. Supposedly his right, he can't feel his right shoulder or his right arm. Vidarian low gets beat like a drum and you've got some, you know, Colts edge rusher steaming towards him. And then he backfoots it and soft arms. It misses Gesicki by a good seven, eight yards. Like everything about that sequence was terrible. He's throwing to somebody that you and I didn't think was going to be that much of a difference maker, but we're told was going to be a touchdown machine with his hyper athletic prowess. We're watching the worst offensive line in the NFL do exactly what should happen when Vidarian Lowe is playing left tackle on an international stage. And Mac Jones is in his head over processing and panics when the kid used to be just a competitive cucumber. And now he is an absolute unmitigated disaster. Like now he's he, I don't think you and I said on the post game show, and we had a fiery post game show that day as well. I remember we, um, we one hot he 100 should have been benched after that that should have been the end like go sit out like we broke you you broke you we stink you sink there's there is some i hate you you hate me let's just go our separate ways. there is some collective suck going on right now let us just play out the string finish the season and we'll give you a chance to make yourself either with a new coach here or somewhere else uh Anyway, I highly recommend, um, you know, obviously listen to Six Rings and Football things first, but yeah. Tom E. did a good job on the Pat's Talk podcast with Dickinson, but especially read the Mark Daniels piece, which is still available. You can follow him at Twitter at by Mark Daniels, and, of course, it's uh, MassLive.com. That piece uh, was well-traveled on Monday, January 29th. He actually Last had a typo in there, but I heard from a source that his pointer finger was injured while typing and that's the reason for the type oh he had a he had a he had a uh an index stinger yeah a stinger in his index finger yeah uh last question do you think so we know where well, we don't know much about the relationship between gerard mayo and mac jones we know mac showed up to the mayo introduction in his workout clothes hard on move party of where one did he get those he cleaned out his locker how could he oh have that's right but his locker was cleaned out and his teammates had had enough of him 
Oh God, I'm so sick of all this. Um, so right. The article finishes up saying, obviously the Patriots are not expected to pick up the fifth year option for no. Mac Jones. Yeah. No. Over, over $20 million. That ain't happening. Uh, but, uh, it says that there's no immediate plan to move Mac Jones. However, if the right trade offer comes across their desk, uh, AKA be, a trade offer, any trade offer that he'll be gone. So you tell me, does Gerard Mayo give him a chance to possibly reclaim his job to compete for being that veteran starter? Should they draft somebody high in the 2024 draft or is flat out he gone and it's going to be zapper rookie and some sort of, uh, you know, from Brissett to Russell Wilson to Garoppolo or whomever, some other sort of uh, veteran QB. In my opinion, you cannot bring him back. Absolutely cannot bring him back. It just wouldn't work. Um, his attitude, his relationships, his experiences. That, like, I just, even if you draft a quarterback to replace him, because there's the weird mm -hmm. zappy Mac relationship, which was weird all along for two uh, years. But re Relationship. Right. But if you draft a new franchise quarterback, there's some part of Mac that still thinks he's a franchise quarterback, that he still thinks he's the Patriots. I, I lived that life a couple years. You young whippersnapper. I know I was in your role. Watch out. They might they might submarine you like yep. he can't be around. He can't be. So the right trade offer is a trade offer. Anybody mm -hmm. willing to offer anything now you can play this, you know, put it out there. Oh, we might not trade him to try to drum up interest or make people more forthcoming with what they'd be willing to but i will be i will be stunned much like i said i'd be stunned if bill belichick were back as the head coach mm -hmm. um i'd be stunned if mac jones is in the new england locker room come may maybe a little uh, later than that may, definitely mm -hmm. by late july i do not think he can be draft weekend is a perfect time to trade him Draft weekend is a perfect time when people don't get the quarterback they want or realize they could use another veteran or maybe want someone to come in and compete. Perfect time to trade him. Maybe get a fourth rounder for Mac Jones if you can. Um, Are we going four to team, four, team, four teams I'll put out there. Um, hi from Switzerland. Good job, guys. We'd love to have a beer with you. Hey, you know what, G? Thanks very much for checking in while we do this live. On I'd like to go to Switzerland and have a beer. I, I would love to have you a buying? beer. Uh, sure. Hey, G, you, you buying? What up, G? <laughs> <laughs> first round's always on Uncle Fitzy anyway. You know that. Um, we have to get there first. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Well, I'm no, happy to buy the beer. It's the plane tickets and the it's hotel. The it's the plane. <laughs> um, so, all right. For, uh, we got to talk OC search real quick before we wrap it up here. Um, I would say uh, four teams I could see being viable trade candidates for Mac Jones. San Francisco. Yep. Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I think New Orleans actually, because they do not have a QB of the future at all. And Derek Carr, it was far from, uh, spectacular or franchise worthy this past year. And maybe, maybe, maybe like, why not Seattle? Seattle is going to need someone to come like Drew Locke. He's a Geno Smith. I think they wrote back Drew Locke. He's not a starter. Like just send him in someplace. Mac Jones would be good. What do you think Mac Jones could do? any place in his fourth year without the fifth year option picked up as he looks to try to prove that he's worthy somewhere else competing with a rookie or another series of veterans. As long as there are weapons around, I think that would be a best case scenario for him. Don't send him someplace where there's offensive coordinator insecurity, a new coach who's trying to figure out what he's doing or some other sort of starter uh, incumbent veteran. That's going to submarine him and put him in just as bad a situation as he was in before. 
Let me throw another couple options out there. Just and I don't know whether they're good ones. I'm spitballing right. here. I just want to make it clear. I'm spitballing here. Ooh, Denmark chiming in. Flawed. Um Bryce Young in Carolina. Would that make any sense? Just because they're boys and there might be a um a, uh you wouldn't have the insecurity, I guess, because Bryce Young is the guy. Just throwing it out there. Doesn't Bryce um, Young need to put his big boy pants on and now that he's been yeah. thrown to the Lions and proverbial wolves? Probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um Houston with CJ Stroud, the way he's taken over that town. Obviously, Nick Casario um, has Patriot Belichickian. They have Nick. Ocean State Mac Jones in Mechanek, Davis Mills. I, I know. I'm just throwing names. All and right. I'm just replying. I don't discount the idea that he could be a third string quarterback somewhere. I'm not necessarily oh. sure he's a second string. Um, I mean, he finished this season as a third string emergency guy, right? They didn't tell mm -hmm. him, but that's where he actually finished. He had to yeah. read it on Twitter. Oh my God. How ins God, how um, dysfunctional with this season. My God. But I will say this. I've crapped all over Mac Jones for a portion of this podcast. He is one of the best 96 quarterbacks on the planet. I firmly believe that. He is capable. I think at his best, he's borderline one of the top 32. He's between that, you know. 24 and 40 quarterbacks on the planet. He just needs to find the place to get right, to start over, change of scenery, that whole thing. Like he does. Bill said it. We always crap all over Bill, but Bill was right. He's shown the ability to play quarterback in the National Football League. <laughs> no truer thing has ever been said. I mean, my God. Brady puts the house up for sale and uncouples from best buddies, and we're like, ah, he'll be back next year. He'll never leave. Even Belichick doesn't believe it. Duh. Follow the money. Read the writing on the wall. My God, it was right there all this time. When Belichick said that, how did we all not already completely figure out that their relationship was garbage? completely trashed and they needed to hit the reset button Look. and they'd both be better off if they'd gotten their way all reports indicate at some point bill wanted to trade mac now he didn't go all in i don't think he was vetoed but i think he firmly thought he should consider trading mac and right. according to joe dickinson they should have traded mac and i think we'd all be better off if mm -hmm. they had traded mac completely and if he didn't trade him after his rookie season he should have traded him after his sophomore season and signed baker mayfield like he wanted which would have been a great stop. How Baker Mayfield would have played with these weapons versus obviously Godwin, Rashad White, Mike Evans, Kate Otten in Tampa. Who knows? But the reclamation of Baker Mayfield went so well, it got his offensive coordinator a head coaching job in Carolina. Good for Dave Canales. Good for Canales. And Baker Mayfield's probably going to get paid now. And Mac Jones is hoping just for some table scraps or an opportunity to play QB once again. All right. Speaking of coordinators, Andy, let's wrap it up here real quick. The coordinator search continueth. We have no C. No OC in New England. We have no idea who is going to be the play caller du jour in New England yet. They have interviewed 11. Three have taken jobs. We have a hateful or an elite eight, if you will. Um, we've got uh, Kubiaks and Getzies. We've got Flurries and we've got Kayleys. Who do you believe? And no, this is not considering Josh McDaniels as well. I'm not going to I'm not going to light the world on fire if he comes back for a chat or that that name gets floated again. I would like something new and fresh just because I'm looking for a page one rewrite of the New England Patriots. And I don't mind if they struggle as they try to find their footing and make their offense more contemporary. I'm fine if Nick Cayley gets the job because he was here. There's familiarity, maybe just a touch or a splash of McVay. That's fine. Uh, I, I can't tell you much about everyone. I don't know if Tanner Engstrand, who's supposed to be the new offensive coordinator with the Lions, should Ben Johnson take either the Seahawks or the commander's job, which 
By the way, Boomer Esiason, if Ben Johnson doesn't take the commander's job, you got to get out of the head coach prediction business because he'll be 0 for 2. He said Belichick to the Falcons was a done deal. Whoops. And now he's saying, he said last week, Ben Johnson, like it's already done. They'll just announce it after championship Sunday. Well, we're waiting. Uh, so I don't know enough about these guys to tell you like that's who it should be or he's the future or let's go this way. Do you have a feeling on any of these eight? And will anyone else come in the door? I'm tainted here because I thought you should have given the job to Nick Cayley two years ago. And I think butterfly effect would have been massive for Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, and the entire Patriots organization. Mm. Um, you chose not to do that. He is now a better candidate having spent time with Sean McVay and whatever you want to take from that Zach Robinson yep. offense and everything mm -hmm. that goes into it. Um, so I, I think it's Nick Cayley's job to lose, but I certainly don't feel great about any of this. Like, when you can't make this decision and other people are deciding to go elsewhere and you didn't even offer them the job, what, like, this is, I tweeted it the other day. There's a fine line between due diligence and you can't find anybody to take slash give the job to. And I think we're right on the fine line between due diligence has gone wrong and now you just got to find an effing coordinator because guess what? The Shrine Bowl is happening. The Senior Bowl is happening. Like, you need to have a direction. What are we doing offensively? What kind of players are we looking for? Where? Mm -hmm. How are we filling out our assistant coaching staff? We got to give this guy a shot, whether he gets to hire the assistants or not. We got to give Mayo and the offensive coordinator a shot to bring in good support staff. We saw last year it didn't work when the staff was not a cohesive unit working together under Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick. So poop or get off the pot and find somebody. Give somebody the damn job. Just give it to Nick Cayley. Is it that goddamn hard? Yeah. And if he stinks, guess what? Get rid of him after a year. That's fine sure. because all these other guys will have a year's more experience and maybe the Kubiaks and Engstrands and whatnot will be better candidates or some new ones will emerge. Who knows? Or but somebody will get canned that you can bring in as an offensive coach. Right. Like, uh, F it. At that point, you could find find a Frank Reich or someone else who's looking for one more kick at the can. Whatever. Just fine. hire somebody. But Make yeah, like so the East-West Shrine Bowl is Thursday night. The Senior Bowl is Saturday. And you need somebody who's going to be able to like talk to like start putting together his staff and talk to these guys and not just look at a series of breakdowns that the Matt Groves and the Elliot Wolfs at all have put together. Like you need to go in there confidently scouting. Like this is the kind of receipt, like one of those guys that I think you and Kyrie and Catholic were talking about on Monday's six rings, Washington, the receiver from USC who could be like a slot receiver of the future oh, for a the few of those slots I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah Williams from Illinois. There's a, there's a couple slot guys, but you're right. Are we going to focus on this? Like, I want a guy, that famous video making the rounds of Les Snead and Sean McVay talking about Puka Nakua and saying, mm -hmm. this guy is perfect for our offense. He can block. He's run after the catch. And they go out and get him in the fifth round. And guess what? He's perfect for the offense. Well, right now, who's making those decisions? Who's seeing these targets? And not saying the guy's a first-round pick, but saying, for what I want to do as an offensive guy, that mid to late round pick is perfect. Mm -hmm. You don't have anybody that can make those decisions and see that information right now. And they're doing it for the defense because, you know, Mayo, defensive specialist, coached on the defensive side for five years. Demarcus Covington, been around for seven, had a chance to coach at the Senior Bowl and the East-West Shrine Bowl. Now he is your defensive coordinator. And Steve Belichick may very well, depending on what goes on with his dad, make his way back and be a defensive assistant and the assistant head coach as well. That's on lock. I'm not worried about the defense. I need to know, we need to know, we'd love to see the direction, like pick a lane.
Like, is it going to be McVay? Is it going to be Shanahan? Are you going to pluck like a mass hole driver right now? Their blinkers not on. They're all over the road. They don't know if they're taking the exit, swerving, flicking a butt, taking a call, drinking a dunk. Seriously, pick a lane. Pick a lane and freaking drive. And I don't care how fast you go, but pass a few people and get to where you need to go. Damn it. Well, hopefully by the time we check back in on Thursday, a decision will have been made. You make sure that you give us a follow at Six Rings Pod. He's at Jumbo Hard. I'm at Fitzy GFY. And, of course, at Mike Cadlick, always on top of the beat, bringing you the latest and greatest from Patriots Nation and beyond. All right, we should be back Thursday with Matt Light, former New England Patriot great, three-time Super Bowl champion, Patriots Hall of Famer. We'll be checking in with us uh, as he does every couple of months or so. He's got something to promote. We could use a veteran voice. It's kind of a beautiful marriage of convenience, as always, here on Six Rings. And like I said, next week, we'll have tons of guests. It'll be a Super Bowl. Excuse me. Are we allowed? Yeah, we can call it the Super Bowl. We don't have to go big game. Yeah, Yeah, we're not selling anything, though. Big Super Bowl week, we'll talk. (laughs) We ain't selling nothing. Although we could probably use a little soap to wash out our filthy mouths. Thank you guys for listening, as always, to the Six Rings and Football Things podcast brought to you by... FanDuel Sportsbook. We are a presentation of WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. For Hart, this is Fitz. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Viva football. Good day. God bless. And as always, you pets.